You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib. And Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday live edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, no Thomas Carinante today, and I'm physically not feeling great. So, yeah, you wandered into a dud. Sorry. We're going to do our best. That's what we do. That's why we're, that's why we're live on the show. That's why you guys are listening. Because we're going to do our best. Why would I not do my best? And, folks, we have some decent, not great baseball to talk about. We're going to discuss this week's games, uh, which so far is three in a row against the Toronto Blue Jays. Two losses, one win. Could be worse. Could certainly be better, especially because there has not been a single game yet this season that the Yankees could have just surrendered after first pitch, where they're just down 6 nothing, and you're like, not our day. No, every single one of them you had to be plugged in the entire time. Even the shutout loss in the opener against Toronto was a situation where you couldn't possibly ignore it or go to bed because you're, you're a bloop and a bloop and a blast away from tying the game. And perhaps my open right here is one of the problems with the current Yankees, even down 6 nothing, That shouldn't really be enough for you to pack it in. Like I just said. Like, well, none of these were a blowout. But I mean, even th- that blowout score, yeah, good teams can win that game. The Toronto Blue Jays just won that game against the Rangers, their first game of the season, Right. So the mentality shift, you know, it starts with the fans too, right? You got to stop waving that white flag when you're down a a semi-reasonable number of runs. We're going to talk about all the issues and nobody's happy with being 500 after starting the season 2-0. Nobody thought we were going undefeated this year. But at the same time, uh, the indignity of this series so far, the awful offensive performance in that first game that harkened right back 
to uh, the good old days of 2021, a beautiful second game. And Nestor Cortez Jr., by the way, is, is you know, it's no longer hilarious to say he's the team's ace. You can't build a team with an ace that is Nestor Cortez Jr., but he's performing like an ace. And it's no longer a goof to say, look what this guy's doing. It's impressive every single day. And then, obviously, the Wednesday loss where significant Yankee mistakes compounded the issues. They did get superhuman by one man, Vlad Guerrero Jr. But then again, there were times when the 90s Yankees were in a talent deficit to the opposing team. Ken Griffey Jr. was the most talented player on the field whenever the Yankees played the Mariners. What do the Yankees do? They typically won those games anyway. So we're going to talk Eric Cole. We're going to talk about the Yankees offense and how much you pin the struggles on the offense versus the pitching staff. We're also going to talk about, yes, John Sterling's famous call of the moment at the end of Wednesday's game that woke us all up, then put us all directly back to sleep. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be there. If you go to the Apple uh, Podcast Store, drop us a five-star review, along with a mailbag question in that review, and we'll be happy to get back to an answer in a future mailbag episode of the show, or just if there's a down week of Yankee baseball and you'd rather have your question answered than listen to us, we're also happy to do that. So let's start off with the offensive issues at hand. Um, Garrett Cole, when he starts... It's a game that you want to win. So I hesitate to deviate entirely from taking all the blame away from Garrett Cole yesterday. Right? I don't want to just say, you know, good start, good enough. Five innings, five and two thirds. Only two home runs to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Right? I can't be the one to just say, you know, good job, good effort. Second start of the year. You know, what more can you expect? I expect more from Garrett Cole. I do. Um, and so I can't say, you know, without a doubt, you know, the, should the Yankees have won that game with Garrett Cole's performance? Absolutely. Five and two third innings, three earned runs against the Blue Jays, and only, you know, one man really responsible for all of that damage. Sure, 100%. Winnable game. Could have won it. Had a chance to win it. Had a chance to maintain the tie in the late innings. Couldn't do it. Uh, one specific man who's been a problem more often than not this season and last season and the year before. Uh, played a significant role in the in the tie being broken, um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna excuse Garrett Cole, but I am gonna say that the far bigger issue, as annoying as it is to defend Garrett Cole, who has shown warts in his last two years in pinstripes that none of us saw in Houston. I don't know if it's just a situation where the Houston press didn't push him, or he wasn't front facing in Houston, or Justin Verlander was sort of the cowboy. And we all assume, well, Garrett Cole does the same thing. Basically, they're both as dominant. I'm sure they have the same personality. I don't know what led to uh, this chasm between the Garrett Cole we thought we were getting and the Garrett Cole we did get. And perhaps it's just the loss of spider attack. And that fastball lost a little bit of, of its effectiveness. What I do know is that Garrett Cole and Houston sort of seem like the strike-throwing automaton. Like, just a hefty robot, rear back, fire, strike out, do it again. Efficiency, you know, tackling all challenges. Finding a way to get to the finish line. That 15 strikeout division series game against the Rays. Just kind of like this defining moment of this guy controlled his territory. This guy woke up today, knew he had an important playoff game. Beginning to end. I mean, and think of the distractions in the playoffs. They're putting a giant flag on the field before the game. They're doing all sorts of pomp and circumstance. Fans are waving towels. It looks different than it looks at any regular season matchup. And Garrett Cole just went out there and shoved. Now... Garrett Cole's still a great pitcher. Garrett Cole still throws 99, but 
Garrett Cole has a lot of problems with a lot of minutia. Garrett Cole very upset at Billy Crystal on opening day for delaying first pitch by four minutes. Garrett Cole hates the whale noise, which is affectionately called the whale noise, is the Star Wars siren, the Death Star. He hates that. And if you noticed in, in Wednesday's game, it was it was a little quieter. They turned the siren down a little bit, clearly at Cole's behest. So Garrett Cole's still one of the upper echelon pitchers in baseball. But if Garrett Cole isn't this kind of rock and fire machine, pump your fist when your inning is over and expound that energy, if he is this guy who needs everything to be manicured so perfectly, then I understand why he was rattled at Fenway Park. Then I understand why Billy Crystal, throwing out the first pitch, Mr. Saturday Night himself, had such a deleterious effect on Garrett Cole on opening day. Again, Cole only really got abused by one man in Wednesday's start against the Blue Jays. But the Yankees, I believe, were 16 and 14. 16 and 14 against, you know, in the in the Garrett Cole starts last year. That's not, that is not good enough, folks. That is not why we pay Garrett Cole money. And of all the non-expenditures the Yankees have not done over the last decade or so, no Scherzer, no Verlander trade, no Verlander this offseason, no Correa, no Story, no Baez, no Seager. Yes, I know, all of those people. No Bryce Harper, no Manny Machado. Yes, Garrett Cole, because the one thing this team was definitively lacking that you could not argue they couldn't promote from within was an ace. They had to get an ace. And someone who has been a Yankee fan for his entire life, all the better, right? But he doesn't exactly seem like the take-on-all-comers guy so far this year. So I understand being upset with Cole. I do. 100%. It's not all on him. Some of it is on the offense. A significant portion of it is on the offense. Especially this week. Anthony Rizzo, carrying this team. Aaron Judge finally showed up yesterday. Josh Donaldson got a knock. Joey Gallo's expected WOBA is huge. His real WOBA, not so big. Worst shortstop catcher combination in baseball. Kyle Higashioka and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa each have one hit. I know we were going to take a hit there. That's too much of a hit, folks. That's too much of a hit. And the 2021-ness of it all was really on display on Tuesday. Sorry, on Monday. On Tuesday, they won 4-0. That was great. Nestor Cortez Jr., thank you for your service. On Monday, coming out of that Boston series where they only lost one game, and it was by the razor-thinnest of margins, and if Aaron Hicks had gotten one hit in several key opportunities, they would have won that game. They go into this huge Blue Jays series against Alec Manoa, who's owned them in the past. Right, It's not like they don't know Alec Manoa. Last year, he made his Major League debut at Yankee Stadium. Rocked him to sleep. Did it again this year. Already. Once very familiar territory for the Yankees. LeMahieu 0 for 4. Rizzo 0 for 2. Judge 0 for 3. Stanton 0 for 4. Gallo got two hits. Hilarious. Bottom of the lineup did nothing. They never do. So far. So far, so bad. I'm much more concerned about the return of the 2021 offense and not because it says in the grand scheme of things, they can't score unless they hit homers. I mean, hitting homers is great. I would never dissuade anybody from hitting homers. Right. And so I don't want to get into that part of the discourse and I don't want to pretend I'm some guy who's like, I I need to see more singles. No, I don't. I don't care. 
But too many of these games have been razor thin in terms of margin for error specifically. And the starters, it's early in the season. The starters are going under six innings, under five innings, sometimes under four innings. The bullpen has had to come in and be perfect one man after another after another. Four, five, six bullpen arms in a row have all had to be perfect. And so far, except for on Wednesday when Jonathan Lewiska got victimized by a wild man and Chad Green got a catcher's interference, they've been pretty unbelievable. That is not going to last for 162 games. And it's not even about burnout. It's not even about some guys overworking themselves to stay fit and stay ready. It's about the collective. Because you're not going to be able to go down the line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven deep and be able to trust seven people on a given day. You're just not. I want to. I want to trust the entire bullpen. Just not not going to be able to do that in August. And when like one leaky cog in a chain is responsible for some random August loss, I'm not going to be raging. I'm just going to be like, yep, that feels about right. Because the offense can't get one or two runs of separation at any given time. It's a tie game until it's not. They start off down two, they tie it up. They hold that for eight innings and go ahead in the eighth or ninth. So far, when they win... It's not a celebration. It's an exhale. It's like 12 people had to do their job to get this win to the finish line, and they did. So be as frustrated as you want at Garrett Cole. I certainly am because I certainly have not seen the Garrett Cole that was advertised, even when he's been great. But be more frustrated at the offense, and be more frustrated on the offense, not for their home run or bust attitude, but for the fact that they just can't pull away. And they're putting so much onus on the Chad Greens and Ron Marinaccios and Michael Kings of the world they can no longer make a mistake. They're no longer allowed to make a gaffe because they're coming in up one every single day. Now, we can't let this series go by without talking about Vlad Guerrero Jr., an insane person who ripped a home run in the first inning on Wednesday, got stomped on, stomped, bloody knuckles, destroyed, cranked, really hurt. It looked like long delay, long delay, putting his finger back together in the dugout. And don't you hate it when that happens? When you need finger doctors in the dugout, is, don't you hate it when that happens? You just have to have a whole medical staff, put your put your digit back together in the middle of a game. Sure would think that would be a problem in swinging the bat. Well, apparently not. Because Vlad Jr. hit a, you know, one finger off the bat rocket home run off Cole the very next inning and then did it again on a a 96 mile an hour fastball inside off the plate from Loisaga later in the game. Yankees ultimately lost 6-4. The problem isn't that Vlad Jr. beasted. The problem is the Yankees used to be able to win games where the other team had the most talented player in the game. Like I said, entire 90s dynasty, Ken Griffey Jr. on the the, uh, Seattle Mariners was more talented than anybody in the Yankees lineup. And yet, They were able to say, we're going to withstand that flurry. We're going to win anyway. The Yankees did not play picture-perfect baseball yesterday. By any means. Glaber Torres dropping that relay throw on a double play, huh? Right? Going to first, way late, can't get a handle on it. That allows George Springer to break the tie. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Even more so than Vlad Guerrero Jr. swinging at the ball with, with a finger off the bat. Glaber, 
I don't even care that he homered yesterday. He's playing like a triple A baseball player. And and does he know that the infield depth that we we currently have at the upper minors that's that's staying in the upper minors to accommodate him? Sometimes DJ LeMahieu's on the bench because of him. You think he knows that? Beyond frustrating. Beyond frustrating. That's what gets me out of my chair more so than the Vlad Homers, which were spectacular, which the team still should have been able to withstand and win the baseball game. Upper levels of competition, bro. No, no cupcakes on the early part of the Yankee schedule. The Red Sox are the Red Sox. They don't look great so far. They went to Detroit and struggled through a three-game series there. But the Red Sox are the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays are, are the favorites in the East for a reason. Everybody else in the AL East has had a cupcake already. The Tigers, semi-cupcake. The Red Sox had them. Blue Jays started with the Rangers, pitching staff cupcake. Rays started with the Orioles and A's. Cupcake, cupcake. Although the A's are, are weirdly kicking their ass. But the Yankees started with their chief rival and the best team in the division on paper. No margin for error. No margin for Glaber Torres drop balls at second base. Let's end this mini-sode. Folks, you thought it was gone. You did. You thought it was gone. So for everybody on John Sterling this morning, for the Giancarlo Stanton, deep fly ball in the left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. No, it's caught. Anybody on John Sterling's back for that, the only thing my man John Sterling did wrong was finish his catchphrase. Was say it is gone. Because it wasn't gone. That's a problem. Can't be saying that until you know. But, I mean, I don't think I'm washed. I've seen home runs before. I was fairly confident that was a home run. Based on my experience with home run balls, that was a very familiar look and sound and vibe of a home run. The cameraman... Showed the crowd. Only the crowd. Not the wall. Not the track. Not the fielders. Only the crowd. It ended up well short of the wall. Not just not gone. It's on the track, but like barely. Like not even really close. Of all the balls Stan's ever hit at that exit velocity and that launch angle, it's the only one that has not been a hit, I believe. Maybe home run, honestly. I, I don't know. I, I've watched it a million times. A million is a, is probably an exaggeration. Six times. I don't know how the judge Homer gets out yesterday and the Stanton Homer does not. I don't know. The judge one's in on the hands a little bit. He's extremely strong, but he, he gets it like 30 rows deep. The Stanton, it's a bomb. It's a, It was hit exactly as hard as those balls we all got so mad at that went off the green monster at Fenway Park last year. How was that not a... How? 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 I, I, I was left saying how at the screen a million times yesterday. And so, John Sterling, yeah, he's, he's wearing it today. And it's not unwarranted because that is a mistake. You can't do that. And you can't do that to people in the car. And you can't do that to old-timey baseball fans who, who are maybe blind, who, who are sitting in their homes listening to the radio instead of watching the television. You, you can't lie to them. John, everybody knows sometimes you misjudge. So just don't finish your catchphrase. It will be it, it's something we're all familiar with for you to say it is high, it is far, it is caught. It's annoying, but we're all familiar with it. Once you say it is gone, you can't follow it up with an it is caught pivot. You you just don't finish the catchphrase if you're not sure. And don't watch the broadcast if you're not sure, because the broadcast thought it was gone, and I think they tripped you up in the same way I got tripped up. I really would have preferred a home run there. It really feels like the, the older Yankees used to take advantage of their opponent's mistakes 
and use that motivation to win baseball games. The modern Yankees make five or six or seven mistakes a game. And at the end of the game, look up and occasionally have won the baseball game. Remember when their phrase was have some fuck you? That was like a week ago. Yesterday, Garrett Cole said, tip your cap to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Is that some fuck you? Something to ponder headed into this weekend when the Yankees play the Jays one more time on Thursday night and the Baltimore Orioles on the road with the new wall at Camden Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is it for the short edition of the Yanks Co. Yard Podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante at Tommy Stakes will be back on Monday. And Yanks Co. Yard FS, the handle is where you'll find all our content. Till next time, we'll see Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.